Hello, and welcome to the penultimate episode of Socially Distance, colon, Wanda Distance. I'm Al Manorino, the managing editor of thepopbreak.com. With me, as always, is the vision of this podcast, Mr. Bill Bodkin. Bill, what's going on? Uh, I like you know, that you said colon, but you also did a slash at the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, nope. I wouldn't, uh-uh. first of all, again, this is an audio podcast, yeah. and no one can see us, but what, is, what would be the in-person version of a colon like i have to do that now it's weird. Like two i don't like that no. uh yes this is the 47th episode of the socially distanced podcast we now officially have more episodes of this podcast than the united states has had presidents congratulations wow. and we are a few weeks away from our 50th episode and our one-year anniversary which is so depressing because we started this because of just quarantine so here we are uh, but let's get on the happier things. Let's talk WandaVision. Uh, and we've got some very, very awesome people on the podcast. Of course, returning our in-house resident guest, the illustriously named Mr. Cole Rothacker. Cole, buddy, welcome back. Hello. Hey. It's good to be and, back. Uh, after a, a one-week hiatus after a um, well-needed spa day, um spa week in barbados she returns she's the music editor of the popbreak.com miss kat manos what's up kat hello i uh, just a uh, disclaimer i was not in barbados oh, we are not traveling because there is a pandemic wear a mask be safe that's all i'm just projecting my wishes for you yeah also they're in california don't need to travel somewhere warm <laughs> Yeah, That's literally, true. they are there. Yeah, the tropical is cool. And joining us this week uh, for the first time in like, I want to say eight or nine months, he is a senior editor on thepopbreak.com as well as the host of the Bob Culture Podcast, which you can find on all your streaming platforms as well as a televised uh, version of that podcast on MobFi TV. His name is Mr. Rob Crowther, a.k.a. Rob Williams, a.k.a. he's got another gimmick name I don't know. Rob, <laughs> welcome back to the podcast. Thank you, guys. As you know, I've been a fan of the podcast for a long time. I've been practically begging you guys to get no, me on the WandaVision podcast. I mean, both of you guys. Let's be real. I was trying to get in that after episode four, but I'll do the Ghost of Christmas Past ex- explanation episode with you guys. I appreciate you having me on, Al. I got my uh, agent caning uh, lanyard for you. I know there's an Love audio it. Cast, but I have clearance ready to go. Loot, loot crate exclusive. Yeah, dude, yeah, you know yeah. the deal. Deep cut. Last wow. time, I was, last time Rob was on this podcast, I was blowing <laughs> trunk. So luckily, <laughs> he I really was, and ready to talk Wandavision. So Al, why don't you take us into our first segment? Literally last week on Wandavision. Previously on, which is a great title for this episode. Um, yeah, we, we, we said that this was going to be the, uh, you know, the reveal kind of episode. Everything that kind of takes place of, or, you know, beforehand, we're now learning everything that we don't know, or for the most part, at least. In Salem, in 1693, a coven of witches led by her mother, Evanora, attempt to kill Agatha for practicing dark magic. But she drains their life forces. In the present, Agatha demands to know how Wanda is controlling Westview and forces her to relive key moments of her life. Agatha learns that Wanda has had magical abilities since she was a child, which were later uh, uh, 
which were later amplified by the Mind Stone, and that she has always enjoyed watching various sitcoms. After the blip, Wanda visited Sword to recover Vision's body, but Hayward refused to let her bury him. Unable to feel any life in Vision, she drove to a lot in Westview that he had bought for her before his death so they could live there together. In a fit of grief, she manifested a house on the lot and a new version of Vision and extended the hex across the entire town. Agatha concludes that Wanda possesses a legendary form of magic called Chaos Magic and dubs her the Scarlet Witch. In a mid credit scene, Hayward reactivates the original Vision, now white and blue, reassembled uh and now white and blue reassembled body all right guys i definitely want to send it to you because i can't talk uh for that much this was a doozy of an episode Uh, as i said this is the penultimate episode Uh, you know next week we have the finale and uh this episode of course answered a ton of questions a ton so let's start right there cole yeah what did you overall you know, feeling of uh, this episode, we, we kind of knew going in, we were going to get some questions answered, but how did you like the delivery with the flashbacks? Uh, I thought it was pretty good overall. I, I did think, uh, you know, I, I think last week we kind of predicted that, uh, that this would happen and it's kind of a trope in shows and movies where they'll kind of stop and kind of, uh, you know, kind of explain everything and, in a certain way of everything we've just seen. Um, and I don't think it's like the strongest uh, way to deliver that kind of information. It is like just kind of an exposition dump episode, but I think they do do it in a way that it, it, it is satisfying and it does, you know, I don't, I don't think it like wastes any time or it wastes any of our time. So I was overall pretty uh, happy with, with what we got, but I am definitely, you know, very much anticipating seeing where everything's going to go. Um, I, you know, a lot of what, what was revealed in this episode was, you know, it was both surprising, but also not. I think, I think a lot of us predicted a lot of what they revealed in, in this episode. So like in that way it was satisfying, but in, in another way it's like, okay, well kind of figured this was happening already. So now let's just get to what's you know going to happen in the finale um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to the finale. And Kat, um, let, let's start right right at the beginning where we get the Agatha Harkness origin story, or kind of lack thereof in terms of you know how she she already was a witch. It was it was literally almost at the end of her life as a witch. Uh, what, what did you think of you know getting more of a deep dive into uh, our favorite um, Agnes? Yeah, I thought that that intro was really cool because it just positions um, it positions Agatha from my perspective in a way where uh, she's kind of always been evil, which I really liked. I would have disliked if she was like a good witch, but then, you know, stumbled along into something. It's like, no, sometimes it's nice to just have straight up evil villains And she's kind of, like, evil for no reason. And um, I think kind of having that that background um, really kind of paves the way for her intentions and coming into Westview. How it's really just, like, fascinating, morbid curiosity for her of, like, someone or something is casting 
like a fuck ton of spells at once, literally how, and I need to, I need to figure out how, um, which I thought was really, really cool, which led to, you know, the first time anybody in the Marvel Cinematic Universe or Marvel Cine TV Universe, like, do, do we have a new name for that? Um, saying the word Scarlet Witch, um, which was like, even hearing you just, uh, uh, re-explain what happened in the episode like i got chills so yeah it was it was very cool i like the way they put that together i would think it would be the mtu mt i think it's just the and i think being cold discussed this on an earlier episode was like what do you call this now because it is a, both a blend of the cinematic universe and the television universe they're all just one it's really just the marvel universe yeah. at this point <laughs> Yeah, really. Uh, Rob, you know, going, you know, we we get the, you know, the brief but kind of awesome Agatha origin story. And then we dive really deep into the episode going into these flashbacks that Agatha kind of manifests, trying to to reveal more of Scarlet Witch's powers. Um, How did you think of or what did you think of the way that they executed the flashbacks seeing um, you know, Wanda and Pietro's childhood, and also, um, and we'll go deep into this later too, but kind of how they reveal the the significance of some of the commercials. Love it, man. Well, first, um, to Kat's point, I'll say this, man, you, you read that beautifully. If you could read that to me as a bedtime story, man, that was, that was phenomenal, man. I just liked having you read kind of that synopsis to me. That was fantastic. Rob is the compliment king, by the way. He, he <laughs> putting everyone over this podcast, except if you're me, but like, yeah, you'll feel good <laughs> after, after hearing but, uh, but uh, as far as the origin story uh, for Agatha and man, you know, I'll give you credit on our show. Al, you called this one. You know, I was kind of leaning more towards the Scarlet Witch um, into, you know, dive into darkness, as we've seen in the comics, House of M and so on and so forth. Um, I, I thought this was a good episode. But as we see with a lot of those episodes before the finale, it's a lot of setup. Um, you know, the reveals in this series have been brilliant. But I thought in some ways it was a little heavy handed. Um Agatha, the origin story was kind of quick and to the point, which is which was cool because villains are always the hardest part, especially in something like this. But I thought it was a little heavy handed with her playing the role of, you know, the ghost of Chris's past and then kind of explaining what we saw every time. So this is why you did this. And this is why you did this without a spell. And it was like kind of talking directly to the audience. I'm never really a fan of that, but I get why they did it. That's just me personally. Um, As far as the flashbacks, I like the called a before and after age of Ultron, one of my least favorite Avenger movies. And, and I love all the Marvel movies, but that's probably one of my least favorites. Um, I thought it was really great. Uh, I liked a lot of the wine, the lines from vision. Um, his delivery was great. Paul Bettany has been fantastic in this and it was a good setup episode. It was good to kind of see that origin story. Like you guys have said on earlier episodes, they make us care about these characters. Um, I kind of prefer to see Scarlet, Witch go down that descent of darkness and wanted more her to be the villain. But this Agatha stuff has been really cool. Uh, Catherine Hahn has been phenomenal, man. But a little heavy-handed at times. I thought it was a solid episode, though. Yeah. Excellent. Bill. Well, we get a, yeah, well, well let, me, let, let me set it up first, because I want you to specifically <laughs> talk about one aspect that I haven't brought up. Um, you know, the big, kind of the big reveal at the end of this episode is we get Vision versus vision potentially we we get white vision and then the um 
you know, created West, let's call them Westview vision. Um, did you see that coming in, in any way? And um, are you excited for next week to see this potential battle between the visions? You mean, and then you can also comment on everyone else's stuff. You mean the actor Paul Bettany really has always looked forward to acting against? I refuse to believe that that's I refuse to see too. how it, he could mean anything else. If that's what he meant, I am so mad. They, they the was it Shankman who said yes. he's like, I'm going to let Paul Bettany dig himself out of that hole himself because he was just like. I don't know why. Basically, like I don't know why he said that. Like, I don't like spoilers, guys. I don't. I don't like the behind the scenes stuff. No, but I mean, it was just right there, and he's just like, hey, he's like, uh, yeah, I'll let him dig himself out of the hole when it, when the series is over. So who knows? It could all be uh, all smoke and mirrors. It could be someone amazing, but would not be shocked. But it'll be both. Oh, I think you. That's why. I think, that's, that's I think when Paul Bettany was talking about it, he was talking about himself. But I bet they have someone else in their back pocket. My, my headcanon is that he was referring to Dick Van Dyke, who, yes, is still alive and who <laughs> consulted on the show. Absolutely. And who maybe will come and uh, tell oh, yeah. Scarlet Witch that she's doing great and yeah, a good yeah. time. I'm actually convinced Dick Van Dyke will be in the final episode. <laughs> oh, I will. I will lose it. I will be I so excited if that happens. But I, I think we all expected this one. I mean, we talked. I ta- mentioned it like. We had the Mandalorian episode, the penultimate episode, was everyone's favorite uh, coming from Boston, who just was like, you know, we got to give that guy a redemption arc while we're all gearing up to go save Baby Yoda and the, you know, the storyline everyone is almost in tears over. Um, But I think my one issue with it was we got this real quick Agatha sequence of her, you know, in, in Salem. I almost was hoping just for a little bit more. Like maybe like what she's been doing for 300 plus years, you know, and like what's what's been her role? Because part of my problem with it was they almost made her a little too mustache twirling, you know, MCU villain where all of a sudden we're starting to pull back on all the interesting stuff just to get to the, the big bad fight. And I'm like, she is way too interesting of a character to do that to. So I'm hoping that's not what's good that's what's not going to happen the whole point of her is just like you're powerful and i want your powers and you now have to beat me and then that's it it's just like oh so this was every marvel villain like we've seen in the movies kind of it's it's a little different though and i I think it's actually interesting because in the opening scene it's a bunch of older witches including her mom saying they need to put her down because she's learned this dark magic that she's not supposed to learn. And, you know, basically that's like an unforgivable sin. Mm. And then at the end of this episode, the roles are kind of reversed where Agatha is the one now saying that she, that Wanda need, she's the Scarlet witch and she needs to be put down. So, I mean, I, I don't think that's a coincidence. I think that's, they're setting up something there and whether they do it, they explore it in this show or in another show or another movie. I think, I think they're getting us teed up for that at least. Well, that's, that's I'm, I'm definitely hoping for that. Cause if they just go the, you know, the easy route, that would be, I think that would be do a disservice to the series. And, uh, as far as the rest of the episode, yeah, it was, um, it was, uh, ye old expedition, exposition dump, but 
they at least told, wrapped it in a a way of dealing with about uh, Wanda's trauma. And when you have Elizabeth Olsen carrying all those scenes, magis- masterfully, I should say, uh, it, it definitely it definitely erases a lot of the the weakness of the of just like. Hey guys, we're gonna show you how the pancakes are made, and here's what type of syrup she has on it, and here's what she was wearing that day. You know, it kind of erases a lot of the weaknesses of the episode because that performance was so powerful. Mm-hmm. So that's that's why I was okay with this kind of handholdy exposition because you got something great because of it. Yeah. yeah, you know something else I think that really works in its favor too is that it's a lot of exposition, but we're seeing a lot of scenes. Not that we've, like, literally seen, but, like, we already knew, like, what had happened to her and her parents, and now we're just, like, seeing that. We already, like, saw her before in the Hydra uh, testing facility. We already saw her, like, being with Vision in the Avengers compound. We we just kind of got expanded views of things we've seen already. It wasn't, like, a bunch of new stuff out of nowhere. It was kind of just recontextualizing and mm-hmm. adding to what we already knew which it was her helped a lot it was her perspective of the events that we yeah. either know about for sure or have seen in some capacity and i thought that was very interesting the way that they did that and also i have to give kudos to cole for like 100 percent nailing the the whole sitcom origin oh yeah i like, was very happy to see that nailed it like from for to a t I didn't didn't know her dad would be like selling bootleg DVDs, but (laughs) yeah, like yeah, it it, it checked out to me. Um, I think it was the middle of a war zone too. It's just like yeah, yikes, yeah, Yeah. a little bit. Uh, Five, five. Sorry, go caught by cat. I I was gonna say one thing I, I wanted to add to this discussion is we all keep saying that this is like an exposition dump episode, which is technically true. But from my perspective, this was also like retcon the episode. Like, yes, we were getting a lot of exposition, but we were getting a lot of exposition about things we already knew about in a completely different context. For example, um, Wanda and her brother potentially did not gain their powers from the Mind Stone. Yeah. They already had yeah. it to begin with. Retcon, so we could maybe bring up the M-word. Mutant. Somewhere but Ken, also... Somewhere Ken Grandpierre's was like, thank you! <laughs> <laughs> I know, I thought of Ken, too. Yeah. Yeah, so... It, and there was a lot of moments during this episode where it's like, oh, remember how the show told us that, like, Wanda was evil and she went nuts and she stormed the facility. No, not really. She didn't. That was actually um, Hayward. Yeah, Hayward. Tyler Hayward. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, he lied. Did his Ge- general general ass face. <laughs> yeah. So it it kind of um, in a lot of ways uh, recontextualized and retconned things that we thought we knew about Wanda and also about her family and her brother and, and her relationship with vision. Honestly, you could say that from my perspective, I thought that her relationship with vision felt very out of left field when it was kind of revealed in civil war. Right. Well, they weren't really in a relationship at that point, but they were, they basically, they had scenes together. And then the next movie, it's like, Oh, they're together. It's like, yeah, I I saw little, no evidence of that. So, 
this provided the perspective of, oh, actually, he was comforting her because, ironically, uh, a computer robot man is the only one with humanity. Like, they were adding to kind of, I don't want to say the mistakes of the past, but things that they didn't have time to expound upon in the past. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think Marvel is great. Marvel's great at that in the sense of, like, they they know the their own created mythology within the MCU proper, right? So that's why Marcus and McFeely can write Infinity War and Endgame and tie up all these different loose ends or make you appreciate movies that everyone didn't care give a shit about, like Thor the Dark World, right? They, they just do whatever they want because they're like, oh, we can just write it later. We'll fix it. We'll fix it in post. Um, and I think that's what they did this in, in this one, too, is, as you said, kind of bridge the gap between Age of Ultron and Civil War, whereas Age of Ultron were intro- – I think people forget, too, how many characters they introduce us to in Age of Ultron. It's a tough movie in, in the sense that it's just so much information being thrown at you. And we're now watching a show with the two characters introduced in that movie – that have had the least amount of like screen time, <laughs> like, and now we give a shit, and now we care, and now we re- like truly care about the the welfare of both of these both of these characters. I do also want to mention, as Kat's saying, in terms of, um, you know, them going back into the into the past and rewriting a little bit of the MCU history. Did anyone notice like Vision's you know sense of humor that he has when he's talking to her? And it's almost non-existent in Civil War and any of the other movies. It's introduced really in this series, and they kind of have his personality, you know, when she's watching, uh, I guess it's Malcolm in the Middle. Yeah, it's Malcolm in the Middle. So when he, he's laughing and stuff, I'm like, that's that's not the vision from Civil War. So I just thought that was interesting how they did that. I like um, to call that the, the Thor retcon, where like three mm-hmm. movies in, he's got like a great personality yes. out of nowhere <laughs> and is very sarcastic. And, yep, Saturday Night Live, uh, Thor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just no one knew how to write him beforehand. Or just, actually, no one, everyone knew how to write Thor. No one knew how to use Chris Hemsworth properly. Okay. And yes. they figured it out. Um, Rob. Let's, yes, sir. Because uh, I feel like Bill kind of skipped over my question, so I'm going to bring it to you. Um, did you see the, you know, the the emergence of another Vision coming? And um, you know, what are your expectations going into the finale of uh, potentially Vision versus Vision? Dude, I, I love it, man. Great question. Uh, to your point, you know, Vision uh, and and Wanda were somewhat forgettable like i always love jarvis like i know jarvis isn't a character but like i always love jarvis like i got it from my dad like he loves iron man and star so i got like a jarvis app for him so like i always love jarvis uh so always a fan of vision uh going back to like the super nintendo games and stuff like that the arcade but um yeah they you they didn't get as much screen time you saw somewhat of i don't even want to use the word chemistry but more interaction maybe between um wanda and vision um, Wanda didn't really do anything for me in those earlier movies, Civil War. And I was surprised by that because, you know, and, and it's like we we talked about on my show, like and stuff they do with like the Hulk and like Wanda. They're so powerful, Captain Marvel, but they bench them all. They find a way to bench them because they're so powerful. Like, oh, yeah, I can take out Thanos in two hits, like uh, going back to boss battles and video game references and whatnot. But this show, like you said, has filled in 
the blanks. Um, we had that great one liner and, you know, one of us is going to bring it up, but this one hit me right in the feels. What is, what is grief? If not love persevering. Um, I thought that, man, I was just like, Oh, what a good line. Like I literally wrote that down on a piece of paper when it happened. Cause I knew it'd be coming on the show. Um, mm-hmm. just like really, really good stuff. Um, and, and Wanda, uh, Olsen's performance has just been phenomenal in all those roles. Like even her portraying the character of this, such a powerful, like kind of tweener character to use a, a wrestling term. I had to get that in there, but, um, she has, there it is, but she's really impressed me in all the different roles and made me care about her because she was just so bland and there. And again, I think it's just them benching her, not to say they knew where they, they were going to make this series, but they knocked it out of the park, man. This was really cool to see. And moving forward to answer your second part of the question is these superhero movies. I'm not a fan of this, but they love the hero versus hero. They love it. Let's talk about Civil War. It's like, oh, we fight each other, but now someone's hurt. Why do we fight each other? And like, I know it's all politics and whatnot, but the comics love it. The fans love it. I'm not a fan of it, but let's be real. We got Vision versus Vision coming up. We're probably going to have Wanda versus Vision coming up. Um, again, I kind of do like that tweener role for wanda i don't think they're necessarily going that way they've teased it far too much obviously we have agatha in the picture but it's going to be hero versus hero one way or another they love doing that uh, i'm not a fan of it but what is, do you got, Bill? but is he a hero like who is inside the old brain ski of white vision is the big well, white vision i wouldn't call a hero but you know what i'm saying like, yeah so i mean like that that's the thing is link, like link versus a, dark link but that's a question is like who's inside the head of that vision who is controlling that vision? Is he be, uh, more leaning into the Ultron style of vision? Or uh, is that more of a, you know, is Hayward running? That's, that's, a, that's a great it's point. A I think we'll see what happens, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you could be, you would think that it's some form of vision just based on what Hayward says in the episode of like, you know, this is like the most expensive sentient weapon, right? And the big part is being sentient. So I, I don't think he would have resurrected Vision for him to just be like, treat him like an Iron Man-esque thing. I think they, they want, you know, the the, the the brain, not just the, the brawn in terms right. of uh, Vision's powers. But no, it's, it's very interesting um, the way that they're kind of setting up this finale because again we while this is the info dump exposition penultimate episode we still have some lingering questions and i think one of the biggest questions well there's a, a, a few so let's let's just just kind of i'll rattle them off and then you guys can take whatever you want so um we've said we've said his name a bunch a bunch during this podcast mephisto is is he still in play He's he's not the he's not the mailman. <laughs> you sh- you shut your mouth. Uh, so Rob, if you don't know, uh, uh, Al has had this theory that the mailman in that we saw in the uh, the Halloween episode, huh. uh, the Sparky episode, uh, he was convinced that was Mephisto. Mm-hmm. Uh, much like I'm convinced that Sparky is the beekeeper. beekeeper. Uh, <laughs> somehow they turned him into a dog, and that's why they killed yeah. him. Um, wait, so I got some more questions, and then we can uh, then I'll turn it to you guys. But yeah, so will we get Mephisto in some capacity at the end of this? How is this going to directly tie into Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of uh, Madness? And again, the, the the I think the the 
most anticipated lingering question, the M word, as uh, Kat said, mutants. Are we going to get a little more information uh, about the mutants? And then we can go into some other theories at the end of this episode um, when we get into the gas or trash section. But I will kick it to Kat first. Pick whatever one you want. You can touch on all of them. You can touch on one. doesn't matter. Love to hear your thoughts. Yeah. Um, I kind of want to talk about the Mephisto thing for a second because um, I'm not someone who's read any of these comics, but um, Cole has. And so he tells me all about them. And we also, you know, enjoy reading theories and sending them to each other after after we watch things. And for a while, so I, I love it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, for a while, I was like, all right, I don't really care about Mephisto because I don't really know his deal. I don't know who he is. And I'm not seeing any, like, obvious person in the show who could be Mephisto. And it's possible that it's not really a thing. But something that I kind of wanted to talk about because it really stuck out to me was that entire conversation between Hayward and Wanda at the uh, facility that they're at. I thought that conversation was so interesting because he tells her to come into his office. Sure. No problem. And then makes from my perspective, like really crass comments that are obviously going to upset her about like her partner who is um, dead and also in pieces. But then he goes to show her, that he's dead and in pieces and then makes this like shitty remark of like, um, wouldn't it be great if uh, a soulmate could be brought back to life? I mean, back online. And the whole time I'm just like, does he want her to freak out in his office? Does he want her to cause a scene? And so he could later pin everything on her which is what he does. We know that he does that. He does pin it on her. But then I thought about it more and it's like, why would this human man want this scary superhero to freak out in his office? The only way he would want that. And the only reason he's not scared is if he's not a normal human man. Like I'm now I'm after that conversation, I'm like, maybe this dude is Mephisto because clearly he's had. Holy shit. Are you kidding me? Because he's had, like, really, like, fucked up intentions since the beginning. And also, this is not the first time that someone who works for, like, S.H.I.E.L.D. or S.W.O.R.D. is, like, a deep state person and, like, is actually secretly a huge villain. Just that that whole exchange was so bizarre. And now I think that he's Mephisto. That's bust amazing. out the hail the hail hydra or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> like really? Yeah, it, that cat. I agree. That was one of the weirdest things. It's just like he was like letting her see it, but yet being such an asshole at the same time. And I'm just like, this is some passive aggressive white male stuff that I just it just it's just bugging the shit out of me. Like, why is this scene here? And man, if that's the reveal, that makes all the sense in the world it's funny because i took it as like the most literal way possible and i do that i usually with like the first pass of the shows and then you guys tell me to think differently and then i go (laughs) back and i watch it so the way that i interpret it was they were struggling to get vision back online and he was trying to antagonize her to see if she would resurrect him like that's the way i thought of it like you know what i mean 
Sure. That's the sure. Old, no, no, Kat, not saying that you're wrong because I love your theory and I wish that yours is true. I'm just saying that that's the, the I guess, the simple man version of what I perceive that to be. No, I, I think that's, that's a good point. And I thought about it from that perspective as well. But again, why would he Poor take decision. that approach? Why wouldn't he take the much more sensitive approach of like, look, dude. this is devastating. This is so sad. Can, can you help us bring him back? Like, we want him back. And he could even lie and say, like, because he's an incredible hero. Meanwhile, he really just, like, wants to use him as a weapon. Why would he be so aggressive about it? Like, I was waiting for her to freak out. But she didn't. And then I'm thinking, like, literally, you're in this glass office. This bitch is going to, like, lose her mind and, like, shatter everything. Because that's (laughs) what we've been led to believe. Mm -hmm. And why is he so casual about it? And also, at that time, did he later realize, like, oh, she didn't freak out? Now I need to, like, put together this footage to convince these random people that she's actually bad? So, like, why why would he want to do that then? To take her out so he could bring Vision back? Like, it's just, he's jumping through way too many hoops to get something that seems easy. Also, remind me, was the, um, the view of the the surgery of vision from his office mm-hmm. yes what kind, of, he, what kind of fucked up i was, like, I was gonna say he basically dude does that he, he has the same office set up as uh, nazi kevin bacon in first class oh my God. Yeah, it does. that's a that's a great pull <laughs> that is a great pull oh my god um yeah so cole well while you're on the subject um you know, I think Mephisto is kind of covered at the moment, but let, let's talk we, about... We, we're not top of that one. No, we can't top that at all. Um, let's talk about the Doctor Strange of it all. Where, uh, where, do you, where do you see, you know, the connection or the, you know, at least the, the lead-in? How, how do you kind of see it playing out within the finale? I mean, it, it, seems, it seems pretty obvious that something I hadn't really thought about is... and. I hadn't thought about it until this show is that she had never been called the Scarlet Witch before. Mm-hmm. And I had honestly just never noticed it. I know like Tony has called her like a little witch and, and stuff like that before. So I just figured, you know, like it was like, like maybe someone had called her it at some point before as like a nickname or something, but then they do make a big point about how she doesn't have any like, Code names. superhero name. <laughs> Um, and then in this episode, you know, they reveal that she's the Scarlet Witch. And it seems in the MCU, they're treating the Scarlet Witch as like almost like a Phoenix Force type entity. Yeah. Where it's, or, or I don't know, maybe the Scarlet Witch is like the Jesus of the, of the witch world in the MCU. And she's like the second coming. And it, that's why it's such a big deal. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, and I think this is only a thing they recently did in the comics where the Scarlet Witch is like a, a title that's passed down. I think originally it was just like her stupid name that she had for no reason. Yeah. Um, but they, they like made it like a serious thing in the comics um, in recent years. So it, it seems like they're doing that. And yeah, I don't know. I'm still kind of convinced that Wanda is basically going to like become some kind of antagonist at the end, I, I don't think she's going to be on the side of, you know, of uh, the good guys at the end. I, I think they're all going to 
try and take her down or she's going to be like so corrupted by her power mm. by the end, especially if like she loses her uh, fake vision. Um, you know, or if he's out, then, then she's going to like lose it, I think. So she'll like team up with Agatha, you think? Yeah, because in the comics, Agatha is her mentor. They're, yeah. they're uh, you know, she's not her antagonist. She teaches her how to use her powers and and I think it's possible that Agatha and Wanda could end up being in. Well, we know Wanda's in Doctor Strange mm-hmm. too, but I think Agatha also could be in it. I, I would it wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, I, I really have no idea how they're getting there. You know how exactly it's going to tie in to Doctor Strange. I, I just feel like it's all coming to some big uh, confrontation at the end, and it's going to have like some big mystical impact on the world and that's how Doctor Strange is gonna get involved. And by the end, and as you know, Wanda sees a vision of it, she's gonna become like the Scarlet Witch, like, you know, whatever that is. Well also remember that Pietro, the Pietro that we see in WandaVision, <laughs> is still alive. And last we saw him, he took Monica yeah. Or knocked her out or did something. No, he, we don't even know what he's done with her. He could be teamed up with her for all we know. Yeah, I, I have I have some questions, uh, but we'll yeah. get to uh, we'll get to them in the in the review section because it, it was my only kind of problems with this episode. Um, but Rob, you know we're bringing up, you know the potential mutants, the potential of uh, the X Men getting into the proper MC universe. MC Universe. Did I just say that was MCU? pretty good? The MCU. I fine. I All right, cool. I'm going to keep it. So, you know, it is revealed that uh, everyone who was tested with the Mind Stone uh, was killed, except for these two twins. We have uh, Wanda, who obviously is becoming the Scarlet Witch, and then we got Pietro, who um, gained super speed. And then died from a lot of bullets. Um, I love how they mentioned that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> in the in the series so far, but you know that he was also awakened. I guess his powers were kind of brought out from the Mind Stone. He's not you know the Scarlet Witch equivalent uh, of super speed. But what do you think this means for the larger MCU and the inclusion of the mutants? Because I'm leaning towards the hex exploding, and then some of these people, some of these mutants are going to be awakened. So that's just yeah. where my head's at. But we'll, we'll, you know, throw Dude. your theories out there and, and maybe talk a, a little bit about where do you see the the rest of the mutants kind of coming into the MCU. Yeah, dude, you knocked it out of the park, man. I, I agree with a lot of what you guys said, man. And that's where I was going. Like, again, like, Bill, know this. I'm, I'm like a spoiler phobe. Like, I'm all about the genu- genuine, like, first reactions. I don't look who's on the set. I don't read stuff ahead of time. I try to avoid it. So, like, all the Doctor Strange stuff, you're like, yeah, I heard some things. So I tried to avoid that. So I wasn't going, like, that Doctor Strange direction. I was going that direction you were talking about. Like, hey, how are we going to get these um, – you know, I, like I always say, I'd love to see Hugh Jackman and Downey Jr. in a scene together. I don't think that's happening for several reasons. I think they, they spoiler alert, uh, they're both <laughs> not involved anymore in any capacity. But things, as we've seen, uh, people could can come back to life, as they always do in the comics. But I think you, I agree with you, Al. Like, you think Scarlet Witch, like, 
Who's the person that can literally change reality as we know, it, as we're seeing right now, you talk House of M where mutants are taken out or things are changed. Um, you know, Thanos made half the population disappear. So there's all sorts of wacky kind of things that can happen. So I see this as has been teased with Pietro, who is a very, very forgettable character. in age. I keep knocking Age of Ultron. I, re- I really enjoy all the movies, but it was very, very forgettable. The, the, the silly lines about him being taken out by bullets. This guy's like faster than anything. And then the very memorable one that you had from the, some of the best moments from those X-Men movies. Um, and you incorporate him into this series, man, it's filling in those gaps. Like we were talking about earlier. I think that's opening that door, or maybe it was just like a tease. Like you said, um, to, to incorporating some of these mutants, whether it be, um, man, like, and again, this is like all kind of fan booking and stuff like that. But, you know, you talk about your Deadpools, you talk about your first class X-Men, you talk, you know, and that's again, like fan Imagine stuff. Like that's the reveal at the end of the thing. It's just like Deadpool. Deadpool. <laughs> I mean, that. no, I mean, that coming. chef's kiss, like done. It's a wrap. But the, the answer is the answer is what we're going to get a tease here. This whole show has been about reveals. It's all been uh, all about reveals. With Agatha, Al, you've been knocking out of the park. That mailman theory is great. That Tyler Hay- Hayward, <laughs> no, Mephisto no, theory. It, no, it's great. It's the little things, man. It's like lost, except they'll actually explain everything. Uh, but that that's great. That uh, cat's your point. That soulmate line. That kind of struck me as like, oh, did like he lose someone or something like maybe it was like more of a backstory thing. And I'm like, oh, does he have a ring kind of thing? Like I was looking for things like that. But I like the direction you guys are going. Yeah. (laughs) But I so I kind of went the other way with it. But I love what you guys are saying. The answer, though, is this is going to be a cliffhanger. This is going to be what's taken us to, you know, Mandalorian season two. What's taken us into Doctor Strange, like whatever it is or isn't. Um, And just one little nitpick spot here. Um, actually, I'll save this for your for your net next segment. But uh, so lots of thoughts. I think we're going. I think we're going to see some sort of crossover more into that 20th century Fox or Sony part of things uh, with minor. It's a cameo. Is it is it going to be the fourth incarnation of Agent Coulson or Quake? I don't know, man. I got the funks, uh, the Funko Pops. So there you go. Very excited. So you're saying there. So you're saying yes, there will be some sort of. You know, they might not say the word to much to the chagrin of Ken Grandpierre, but they're going to we're going to see something with mutants for sure. How else do you do it? Who do you do it with? You do it with Scarlet Witch. It ain't going to be Hugh Jackman. I mean, if it was Hugh Jackman, that'd be awesome. But I would I just want it to be like Nightcrawler or Colossus. That's what I want. Uh, Okay. mostly because I like the mini X-Men arcade game. That's why Colson's my homeboy. It's going to be Colson. He's coming All right. Be- before we get into gas or trash, I want to do a quick lightning round. This is like yes or no's or, you know, you could go into a little detail if you want, but I'm going to just hit you guys with a couple rapid fire questions. We'll start with Bill. Okay. Uh, I'll, tr- I'll try real hard to be qu- yes or no. Pietro or Fietro? <laughs> is he is he real or fake? Oh, just like, am, am I thinking which one do I like? Um, Pietro. Ooh, okay. That's not that's a, a good guess. one. Cat, no, uh, Pietro, Pietro. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> Pietro. Mm-hmm. Cole. I think somewhere in the middle. Love uh, that. <laughs> I, I think you would. You would. <laughs> he's, he's not Pietro. She said he's not, but I think it's possible because she couldn't find his body in that universe. Maybe she pulled him from another universe. Yeah. Uh, Rob. 
Pietro. I'm going to, I'm going to go fake uh, real quick to Cole's point. I know it's supposed to be yes or no, but um, she can manifest anything out of anywhere. Like she didn't mm-hmm. have a part of vision. Remember that she mm-hmm. made the kids like she didn't have like a finger or a hand. Like I thought she was going to take a piece or something so she could just make whatever. So I'm going to say fake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so I've realized that these are not yes or no questions, but I'm just going to keep rolling with the lightning round. (laughs) Bill, um, do we get – oh, this actually is a yes or no. Do we get another – I think I said this last week too, but I I just want to reiterate. Do you think we get another age jump for the kids? No. Ooh. Cat. Uh – Yes. Yes. And that that age jump might happen outside of the show, but there's no way that these like two young sons are going to be the face of Marvel's future. Yeah. Cole. Oh, yeah, definitely. They're going to be young Avengers. For sure. No way they're not doing that. For sure. Rob. I was going to say, no, you guys convinced me. I I really don't care is the answer. I know that sounds heartless. I'm not invested in those characters. Obviously, Mm -hmm. I don't consider them real. Um, but yeah, probably season two, we'll see different uh, a recast, if you will. That's oh, yeah. my follow-up. That's my last lightning round question. I just think they don't age because they die. Uh, that could happen. No. I think die. one could die. Ooh. Yeah. I think Wicked, I think Wicked lives. Um, Bill, last lightning round question. WandaVision season two, yes or no? No. Cole? No. I, I think they've said no. Cat. They've said no, but this is their, like, this is such a huge success for Disney. Like, insane success. Oh, I'm, I'm sure they'll parlay it into, like, something else, but I don't, I don't think it'll be Warren Division season. They, they, they didn't say they weren't doing one. They said they had no plans for one, but I don't think they knew the reaction that the show was going to get. Well, um, but I only say it just because it seems like their plans are so intertwined with yeah. Doctor Strange and Spider-Man. So For sure. Um, I don't know. Cat. Definitely not. No, I mean, because these, show, these shows do not exist in a bubble. Like, pretty much the week after this ends, we, like, Falcon and Winter Soldier starts up. Mm-hmm. And like, probably the moment after that's over, something else will be there. Uh, Black Widow. Black Widow. It's gonna drop. Oh yeah, and then and then Loki. Yeah, and, Loki starts in June. Yeah, and I just think it's like they all kind of connect in a certain way. Just like you, mm-hmm. you can't really take out one of the movies or rearrange it. I mean, you could with maybe some of the Guardians, but yeah, yeah. no, no, no. Yeah. Hey, there's always Phase Five. Uh, Rob. Not a matter of if, just a matter of when, ladies and gentlemen. I'm excited for Falcon. Falcon's my, one of my favorites. Excited for that series. I love it. All right. Well, um, I'm going to say my votes is, unfortunately, Fietro. Um, yes, the kids are going to do another age gap. And I hope it's two, like, secretly, like, like pretty well-known actors that they oh, just yeah. completely kept under wraps. And I, I'm really hoping for that. Yeah, it'll and be like... Fart or something. Yeah, I exactly was gonna say. Who's the <sighs> That's popular? A good idea. That's a good one. Um, yeah, and then, oh. yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then uh, I'm gonna say no. Unfortunately, no Wandavision season two. Even though I was trying to convince you guys otherwise, because you know 
it's just not going to happen in the same capacity. They can't they can't um, pull the rabbit hat out of the hat again with this concept. Someone said if they're going to do it, I don't know who said this, but it might have been something on Twitter. But like, if they do want a Vision season two, I hope it's just reboots, and every episode is like a reboot. I was like, oh, that's a great idea, but no, that's I don't know if it's going to happen. Anyway, uh, let's get into our final segment. Gas or Trash, where we review this episode of WandaVision, the second to last one, which is super depressing, um, on a scale of one to ten hexes. Uh, give us your rating, then give us, you know, just overall kind of quick review of the episode and what you want to see in the finale. Just one thing, because I know there's it's going to be pretty jam-packed. It'll probably be the longest episode of the season thus far. We'll start with Bill, we hope. <laughs> I actually wrote the review of this week's episode for the site of pinch hit for Alex uh, as he was reviewing uh, Superman and Lois and doing a couple of other things. Um, so I'm going to give this a seven and a half hexes out of 10. Uh, as I stated earlier, I I'm not a huge fan of the bit of the handholding that happened in this episode to show everyone, Hey, this is what, this is what happened. And this is the motivation here. However, what is really great, and I also think the Hayward sword stuff is just kind of like they're trying to make. If he's Mephisto, this all makes sense. If he's just Admiral Assface, and he's just like, it's it's kind of lazy. It's just like here's the gu- here's the generic government heavy who's trying to screw things up, and I feel like that's the laziest part of the series uh, to me. Uh, but we got Elizabeth Olsen giving this tremendous uh, tremendous performance and I, I i'm going to go a little personal here i apologize in advance so i and now i had mentioned this to you like a couple days ago is i am someone who has lost someone very close to them and i am someone who has delayed or avoided the grieving process much like wanda did obviously not as long but i did for a long time and that scene where she sees the house that Vision purchased for them, and she just explodes. Literally. I felt that so hard. Like, I'm like, oh, I did that. I literally didn't recreate a town in New Jersey, uh, although my city could use a fresh coat of paint every once in a while. But, <laughs> regardless. And I wish I could change the outside of my house, too. I hate it. Uh, but neither here nor there. But I really felt that. And I was just like, wow, this show, which is just like we started out with like is like we're doing, you know, homages to classic sitcoms. We're doing all this stuff. This ridiculous show set in this ridiculous universe. And I mean that in the the best way possible. This heightened is probably better way to say it. Touched me on such and spoke to me on such a personal level. And I don't think I'm the only one that that spoke to. I mean, this show definitely deals with trauma on with many characters, one of them being uh, Monica. And it's, it's for something to hit me that hard, like I and to feel that to be like, wow, this is literally something that I have been through. And they have so masterfully cr- captured this, even while she's exploding and creating a new town, I think is speaks volumes to how great this show is. And because you can have these fantastic elements, but you know, we're living in a time where it's just like, we're not, people aren't allowed to grieve. And then, and, and, and dealing with trauma is really, it's really sucks and people don't want to do it, but you have to, 
And that's what it's about confronting. And then that's like kind of like what I want to see is what my thing is. And I'm tying this in is Monica in the episode prior was like, you have to deal with this. And that's kind of what Agatha has been saying, too. It's like, you have to deal with this. I have dealt with this, at least we think. And or she's at least going through it. She's dealing with it is a better way of saying it. And that's what I want to see. I need. I want to pay off. We, we keep talking about, like, Mephisto. We talk about what's going to happen with Doctor Strange and this. Monica is the character. I want to see where we're taking her. We've revealed her powers. This is going to obviously tie into uh, Captain Marvel 2, but I want to see something big with her. We, need, there, we have been with her since the jump, and we need her. You know, she's such a great character, and we're going to see her more, so... I want a really good payoff for Monica. I want that more than a, a cameo at the end. Like, I know it's going to happen. She's going to be in the multiverse. I would say the metaverse of Venice. That's, a, that's opening third eyes and DMT. But regardless, um, my one drug reference to this episode, uh, I, I would rather have a great payoff for Monica than cameos, mutants, whatever. That's That's what I want. Thank you, Bill. Rob, give us your hex rating, general thoughts of the episode, and just one aspect that you want to see in the finale in some capacity. Uh, yeah, I kind of copy and paste what Bill said. Really, really well said. Um, just great characters. You know, you kind of forget about certain characters when you have an episode like this, man, and, and you knocked out of the park. The casting is always uh, with MCU or whatever we're calling this is, is always, always phenomenal. Uh, I'm going to give this not a rookie score. I'm going 7.8 on this episode. A lot of handholding, as Bill, Bill said. Um, you know, my, my one issue was Agatha kind of over explaining uh, things and stuff of that nature. Really enjoyed the episode. It, you know, you kind of have to have these episodes, especially before finale. Uh, what I hope to see in this series is more of the same. I think uh, Elizabeth Olsen's performance has been so fantastic. Uh, I don't necessarily want it to be reveal, reveal, reveal. You know, Mephisto, uh, Mephisto Mojo, Modoc, whoever, you know, whatever X-Men or Marvel villain we think it may or may not be. <laughs> I just up. <laughs> like what arcade, like what, you know, you could go all sorts of ways with this thing. Um, I just want to see uh, to Cole's point, I would like to see Wanda become kind of that antagonist because she's so good in that role. Um, is, is that wrong for me to say? I don't know. I, I think that's kind of what I want to see her character. She'd be villains are so hard in these movies. Like I say, Wonder Woman, fantastic movie. One of my favorites, the villain, eh, like you got to do the villain origin story, which we kind of did in this one. Um, I think Wanda would be a great villain and just to make things happen. We talk about X-Men, all that stuff. So I want to see her descent into darkness and see her play this role. Yeah, no one has made the heel turn, uh, a wrestling turn. My guy, guys. my guy. There you go. Uh, no one has made the heel turn in the MCU. We've only seen the reverse. We've only seen Loki become good and bad and good and bad and go bad. But, like, we've never seen any of the, you know, the core Avengers go bad, really, um, uh, on purpose, on purpose. The other thing I want to see is I want to see, whether it's in this or the making of, we need a callback to Agatha all along. The absolute the anthem of 2020, the banger of 2021. So, so, so an article I read said that it was the it was the song of the summer, <laughs> which is amazing because I'm like, That's, that might be true, honestly. Um, uh, not in February. <laughs> yes, that's the point. 
<laughs> I will play that at every DJ thing I do. The once every two year DJ set I do. Agatha all along will definitely show up somewhere. Yes. Um, Kat. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's been, I think one of my favorite parts of this show, honestly, is kind of the discussion afterwards, because hearing different people's perspectives really makes you think about this particular show differently. And I think that just kind of shows you its brilliance. Um, there were, uh, th- there hasn't been, in my opinion, a single bad episode of WandaVision. I've enjoyed every single one. And I would say probably its worst episode is still significantly better than some other shows. Best episode, honestly, um, I would give this one an eight out of 10 hexes. A couple of things that missed the mark for me. I thought there was like a really, really missed opportunity just to even show Aaron Taylor Johnson for a minute um, in like a flashback, which would have brought more weight to the fact that we've seen a different Pietro. Um, I think that would have been really cool. Um, this is like extremely nitpicky and shitty, but I feel very confused how Wanda's family had a DVD set of Malcolm in the middle. (laughs) That was totally anachronistic. Yeah. Yeah. Again, nitpick, who cares, whatever. Um, that Dick Van Dyke DVD set that came out in 2005. What year was it supposed to be? It was supposed to be 1999. Yeah, okay. Yeah, also, like... Uh, so you know what? It would have been great if they had it on DVD, but it was, like, one of those crappy, obviously Photoshopped yeah. and, like, copied, yes. like, things they had done. That would have been great, but... That would be great. Or, I you know, old school, my family style, just have a bunch of VHS tapes that you've, like, recorded off of TV. Yeah, yeah. Extremely <laughs> nitpicky. Um, yeah, but... Uh, well, Malcolm oh, in the Middle wasn't even on the air in I know. I was very confused about the timeline. I was like, how old are these people? Um, (laughs) Anyway, overall, like, still very much enjoyed it. A really great show. I'm actually going to disagree with what some of us have said about Wanda's really going to be the villain. She's going to be... What was that? Okay, sorry. Um, We had a pop-up. You could edit this out, whoever's editing. Um, I don't I don't think that Wanda is going to be this big villain character because from my perspective, this, the entire purpose of this show is particularly in the beginning, leading you to think that Wanda is a villain and she lost her mind and she's crazy and bitches be crazy. But this entire episode we saw was just kind of explaining, no, she's not crazy. She's been through some shit. And they've tried to set her up and show her as being like a crazy woman who's lost control when no, she hasn't. She's actually very much in control. Um, and I think that she feel she does feel guilt for what she's done to the people of Westview. Um, and I just think that the show would be doing itself a massive disservice by showing like significant trauma a woman has experienced in her life and then making her a villain. Um, Which is why another reason I think that they made Agatha so obviously bad um, because it would kind of go against the show's own mythos by doing that. Um, I kind of equate it with another Marvel series, Jessica Jones. Um, 
Jessica Jones is another woman who's experienced significant trauma and yeah, like can be a shitty person, but is ultimately not a villain. She's someone that we root for. And I've rooted for Wanda in every episode since day one. So I would be really disappointed if they're like, just kidding. She's dark Phoenix. Basically to me, that would be kind of a big fuck you. Um, that's great. So they, so they would pull a game of Thrones with her is what you're saying. Yes. And <sighs> they don't do that. Um, I could totally be wrong and maybe they'll do it in like a classy way, but I don't know. Um, yeah. Yeah. So w- what I want to see in, in the finale, um, I would like to see a, a great conclusion to this particular conclusion to Wanda's story. I, I, I maybe I'm stupid, but I feel like one thing that hasn't really been answered for me yet is why is this show being broadcast and who's filming? <sighs> I'll ask that. All well, they kind of showed who's filming. It's it's just Wanda. That's just part of the magic of Wanda's powers. But, but she's broadcasting for who to watch. Yeah, that that is still not clear. That is the thing that baffles me to this day, and I'm right there with you, Kat. And you are specifically the reason we need you on this podcast. We need this. We honestly, we need the female perspective because last week it was just like dudes doing podcast. And it was just like, just a bunch of bros. And like, we're not getting to the heart. We're not even getting, we're not, not only, I mean, Bill got to the heart of the episode, but you really got to the perspective that we don't talk about a lot on the show is just like a female in the MCU, right? This is, we're getting WandaVision. We're getting the first female led First of all, the first series of the MCU proper, but the first female-led series. And then we're later we're getting a, the first female-led Marvel movie with Black Widow for right. a character who is no longer with us in continuity. Hey. So this is – so Spoilers. for for someone – for for one, one of the only remaining female characters to just go rogue and just go bad um, in, because of her grief – I just feel like, yeah, I totally agree that it would be a disservice to the story that they've been telling over, you know, these seven or eight episodes or whatever we're on now. But yeah, no, I totally agree on that. Uh, Cole, uh, I would give this episode an eight out of ten. Um, kind of like we were talking about earlier. Definitely wasn't like a big fan of halting the narrative to kind of show. Um, you know, to kind of give a big exposition dump and to kind of show everything. But I did like the things they showed. Um, I like that they do prioritize answering questions, which I think a lot of shows like this don't do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I do appreciate that they are setting up these things and now we're getting kind of the uh, the conclusions to them um, while also still holding back a few uh, big conclusions for the ending. Um, I would say, you know, like some of the things I'm glad they, they kind of helped answer was, uh, I think we finally understand what the deal is with the Stark toaster. It was the bomb. Mm -hmm. It was the same beeping sound and the same blinking light. Um, so that is kind of giving us a bit more insight into some of those mysteries, like from episode one. Mine, by the way. Oh, really? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> He's like, I didn't get that. Yeah, yeah, no, it it's sounds a, the exact same. It's a, it's a Stark uh, bomb, so it's a, it's a Stark toaster. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm glad they finally showed kind of why Wanda has recreated this like sitcom world, and you know, it, 
I actually thought that payoff was like very emotional and affecting. And I've seen a lot of people talk about how they found that so uh, interesting because that is a lot of people's experience. If, if they're not, you know, I follow a lot of people who aren't from America, but who live and work in America. And, and, and I think uh, Ken brought this up too, is like a lot of people outside of America learn English from watching yeah. sitcoms and they literally showed mm-hmm. this, th- that's exactly uh, what they did. And I thought that was great. I, I love, you know, the scene where she's watching Dick Van Dyke. It was like very emotional. Yeah. And, you know, I, I liked kind of returning to all these little parts that we've seen glimpses of, of Wanda's life in, in the other movies, but they're kind of expanding on them and showing them why they matter in the context of this show. Um, I wasn't that keen on, uh, you know, we, we didn't get any Monica or Pietro, so they're kind of saving all that for the final episode, but I, I would have liked to have uh, seen some progression or some sort of, uh, you know, some indication of, of where they're going in the final episode. I mean, I guess we know from the previous episode, but they kind of left that with like a bit of a question mark that it would it would have been nice to have it not be so much of a question mark because it does feel like they have so much to answer for by the end of the show. Yeah, like like Jimmy and Darcy. Like, what are they doing? Yeah, yeah. Darcy's still in the in the in the still stuck in traffic. Yeah, she's stuck in traffic. <laughs> yeah, with Vision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we didn't see any of. I don't think did we see Vision at all? Like, no, we no. didn't. That's my. I was gonna bring that up. Yeah. No, only flashbacks and then white boy Vision. Yeah, no, it's yeah. They they definitely paused a lot just so they could like show all of Wanda's backstory, which not a big fan of, but I, I get why they did it, and it, it didn't bother me that much. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't know what else there is to say. White Vision looks cool. Um, I'm glad yeah. they finally did that. Uh, is that. What do you want to see in the finale? Did you say that? Uh, okay, what I want to see in the finale, I want to see the resolution of, you know, what's going on with Wanda in this town. Um, I want to see whether if Vision's going to die uh, or if he'll live on somehow, which I would be happy. But also, at the same time, Paul Bettany has been in these has been in the MCU literally since the beginning. Yeah. Literally since the very beginning. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if, like, maybe he was, like, ready to retire from it. And, you know, this is, like, a pretty high note to go out on. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, again, like, he's been so great in the show that now I just want to see more of him. Mm-hmm. And I, I hope we do, but I hope if he does die, um, it's in service of something. And I hope it's, you know, pretty clear, like, how this is setting up Doctor Strange and, and Spider-Man and all that stuff. Um, I, I hope they don't kill off Agnes or Agatha. I, I hope we see more of her. I just think she's, like, very compelling, and there's, like, a lot there that we don't know about. Mm-hmm. They're setting up a lot of things, and, and I feel like it can't all be figured out in one episode of this show. They must be setting it up for something else. Um and, I, you know, it was cool how they introduced her, just straight up being a witch from the Salem witch trial uh, era of time. That's kind of a genre they've never delved into in the MCU, mm-hmm. like a little bit sort of with Doctor Strange. But this is kind of more like a traditional kind of 
it's a part of it's a it's a spooky part of American history yeah. that they're bringing in that that you know it's a part of American fol- folklore just the whole Salem witch trial thing I mean it's not folklore it really happened and it was like a terrible thing that happened in real life but it's yes. interesting that they're touching on that in in the MCU and, and bringing it into this sort of mm-hmm. supernatural genre I think that's cool the Salem witch trials are also a bit of a metaphor of what's happening in the show like. Yes women are doing are you know depressed or emotional or something so kill them she's a witch yeah mm-hmm. although it's interesting that they showed it wasn't like people yeah. killing witches it was other witches, witches. yeah which it was interesting yeah so al what would be your rating of mm. that's a great question uh it would be an eight i'm gonna i'm gonna agree with cole it's uh, also an eight out of ten hexes i really loved this episode as much as you know Every other episode, I would say, as, as Kat said, like there has not been a bad episode of this series yet. And I just thought the overall approach to the info dump was great. Getting to see a little more of Wanda's history and backstory and filling in the gaps, I thought was a great touch. I was a big fan of that because, again, this whole series has made you care about these characters, but to now care about them retroactively is just like, I don't, it's a, a another Marvel chef's kiss that they <laughs> execute perfectly all the time. And uh, I don't know why I never see it coming, but they do it. You know, they're just known for it at this point. Um, I find it, you know, Cole, you, you made me kind of think of something. Wouldn't it be interesting if, you know, both of these versions of vision die, but the reason that, the reason that Wanda is in the multiverse of madness is she's trying to find another vision from a different multiverse. It's very possible. I think it's actually very likely that fake vision and real vision will be combined. I I could see that. That's, that's true too. I just, I guess my, my big thing is the mind stone question. I hope they at least, you know, bring up in some capacity because we know that one, the the vision that is in Westview cannot leave Westview as himself. And we know that the white vision is, uh, you know, the vision that we know and love, you know, mind stone removed. So it'd be interesting to see because uh, I don't think she can just manifest a mind stone or maybe she can. She's very powerful. We'll see. Or maybe she's like the living embodiment of one. Oh, God. Yeah, she might be. Um, but yeah, no, I, I absolutely loved this episode. I'm really sad to see this show go. Yeah. Obviously, super excited about Falcon and Winter Soldier because it looks it looks like Civil War. This uh, it looks like Winter Soldier the series, which is my favorite uh, MCU movie. So that'd be really cool if they can capture that tone again. Um, something I want to see, uh, you know, mutants would be great. The Pietro question would be great, but the thing that I think I want to see the most is what is the purpose of this series in setting up the rest of Phase 4? And that's not just, you know, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. That's uh, Monica Rambeau's presence in the MCU um, because what I'm starting to kind of think now that she has powers – I think Hayward gets his ass killed in this episode, thankfully. I think she becomes the new leader of S.W.O.R.D. And I think she becomes kind of the 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 Nick Fury to Kamala Khan's Miss Marvel. 
that's what mm-hmm. yeah. I would love to see that. I think that would be fantastic because she's so like no nonsense. Like the way that she's they've they've set her her character is kind of like Carol, but even tougher and meaner and doesn't have like a, a very soft kind of um, personality. So it'd be interesting to have this like militaristic, you know, Nick Fury, female Nick Fury, basically as the, the confidant of, uh, of I don't Kamala know if I'd say she's meaner. I feel like she's got like, there's way more humanity and empathy in her than Hayward. I mean, she, she's, she's on Wanda's side, you know, meaner, meaner in the sense of like, just like, shit. Takes no shit, but like you, you see how Darcy and Jimmy are just like super fans, and she's like, like literally was raised by Captain Marvel, and like it's it's nothing to her. Like it's very just like by the book, you know. She is a soldier, so it just that's what I'm seeing from that. So that's what I would love to see. I want to see her evolution as this, you know, a central figure in the future of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It just gives me. I'm super depressed that I'm gonna die before knowing the end of all of this like because this is going to run on forever right it's going to run I'm on the forever on the podcast stop still, it <laughs> still like i'm not going to live for i'm not going to live to see like phase 25 and that's super depressing <laughs> sorry i had to bring it up uh but that's going to wrap it for a very morbid penultimate wanda distance episode um before we go i would love to Let's get talk some... about all our favorite death yeah uh, like I'd love to. I'd love to get some pop culture recommendations from you guys. I'm gonna start with mine. It's very, very quick. I don't have any. I don't have any new things um, because, again, I've been. I'm at the tail end of finishing my Justified rewatch. I've been playing Jedi Fallen Order for the Xbox One. I'm almost done. I had to switch to story mode because it's so fucking hard. I was like, I can't do this. Just can't. So I basically switched to like you know simple man mode. And then uh, the one thing I will recommend is uh, this week is the sixth anniversary of one of my favorite albums, uh, Noel Gallagher's High Flying Birds Chasing Yesterday. Great fucking album. Uh, I was re-listening to it today. Full of bangers. Dying of the Light might be one of the best Noel Gallagher written songs uh, of all time, but the, the whole album is great from start to finish. So that is my pick. Yeah. Which Gallagher do we shoot in concert? Both. We did get both. Nice. Oh, oh, there are stories about how I screwed up those names on photo requests so hard. And and they're like, "Uh, do you mean this? I'm just like, I don't know. The person playing this show. That's why I took Gallagher. Just make it happen. That's why I took over my own request because I'm like, Billy, you can't keep doing this. (laughs) Like, okay, first off, the one time I screwed up something like that. Yeah, the same (laughs) guy. So it's fine. But two different guys. They're very who, nice gentlemen. I'm sure they have no to get you to Justin Timberlake at the garden there, pal. Oh so, uh, nightmare. Uh, Bill, you can go next. Um, mine's going to be super quick. I uh, didn't get a chance to watch too much this week, but I did for uh, TV Break podcast, which aired, which just dropped on Wednesday. Um, I watched uh, the premiere, and I can't believe I liked the show, was Superman and Lois, which is on the CW. I was really I really never got into the Arrowverse. I didn't really watch a lot of it. I caught some episodes here and there, some stuff, but it never really got my never really grabbed me. Uh, but I was, you know, kind of had to do this. So it was kind of my homework for this podcast I was doing, and I was stunned at like how they were able to make a really good do really good Superman action, but also do a realistic. Not not overly cliched family drama, 
based around the secret that Clark Kent is Superman. And like that him and Lois Lane are like like parents and they have teenage twin teenage boys who maybe have powers, maybe don't. One of them it has a number of uh one of them has like a social anxiety disorder um and is really uh, you know he's he's got a lot he's got a, he's 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 a very strained relationship with his father and they they really do a great job of every time you're like oh crap here comes that CW teen thing where it's like I hate you dad I hate you they're like they don't do it they actually pull back and they give you something realistic and but still dramatic and I I really enjoyed it and I I actually am going to probably follow up on the series I'm not like I said not a CW guy not a huge DC guy myself but this is a really good show and it's a beautifully produced show like they shoot this like a movie like it it is really really well done so yeah I really recommend Superman and Lois it airs on the CW I forget which day I think it's Tuesdays Tuesdays uh but you can catch it for free on like the CW's website or their app yeah, um, that's a great pull. I, it's funny, I, for, as someone who's a huge fan of the CW shows, uh, I've kind of fallen out of favor the last, I guess, like season or two. I didn't watch it, and I really should, not only because of all the great um, reviews that it's getting, because it looks beautiful. The Taylor, I, I don't know his last, it's like Hotchin or Hochin or something like that. Hochin, yeah. Hochin. Uh, Hocklin. Hocklin, sorry. Is that Thank it? You. Hecklin. No, it's Hecklin. It's Hecklin. Heck, Jesus Christ. Taylor Sorry. Hecklin. It is Love it. late. It is late. Uh, I will say that the the brief moments that we get to see him interact with the CW characters, he was probably the best live action Superman that I've ever witnessed. Uh, ever. Probably since Christopher Reeves in, yeah. the, in the sense that he totally nailed both being what, what Superman is supposed to represent and mean but also the way that he balanced the the clark kent aspect the clark kent the problem with clark kent stuff was like he was either too much of an idiot Mm -hmm. or too bumbly or he was you know henry cavill and like dead serious so i think tyler hecklin really he really captures you know the bumbliness of it but he's Mm -hmm. also like emotional and vulnerable and like a dude you actually could walk into on the street, which is what Clark Kent really was. Yeah, Clark Kent was always supposed to be the disguise, right? So, like, I thought that um, he always nailed that. So, those are those are solid picks, uh, Bill and uh, Rob. Let's go. Perfect, man. I was hoping you'd go to me next because piggybacking, this was my pick. Um, and you know, shout obviously Superman and Lois. I did enjoy that as well. Uh, I'll disagree with you, Bill. I think he plays Clark Kent to a T, man. From everything, even the little glasses push up. Superman's oh, no. my favorite. Oh, I'm saying he did that too. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, he's been phenomenal from what little bit we've seen of him on Supergirl and the other CW shows. So I knew this would be good. Lois, uh, always been a big Lois Lane fan. Uh, but Lois uh, is cast really well as well. She does a great job playing that character. So uh, my pick was actually going to be, you know, now that everyone's binge watching stuff, uh, it was going to be my all time favorite show. Al, you can appreciate this. Smallville, man. Another Superman one. You're seeing a lot of these characters. You know, yes, it's CW. Yes, it's kind of the beginning of those origin stories. It lasted for 10 seasons. It's got some great tunes, too. So uh, I love Smallville. I have all t- 10 seasons on something called a DVD. Um, and, yeah, it's uh, it's one of my all-time favorites. It, a lot of callbacks to characters that 
you see show up in cameos on these CW shows now. Uh, mm-hmm. Tom Welling, Michael Rosenbaum, who also has a great podcast. Um, just so many great performances. That's one of my favorites. Highly recommend for any uh, superhero fans. I want to throw it back and see some good DC stuff for once. Um, little knock there. It's funny, too. I thought you were going to go Scrubs. That's what I thought you were going. He's like, Al, you'll appreciate this. I'm like, oh, he's obviously going for Scrubs. No, I love I love Scrubs. And I love DC, too. I'm just I'm taking a, a jab at the, at the movie mm-hmm. universe. I thought, I, you were gonna mention, I thought you were going to mention that uh, Wanda also owned uh, all 10 seasons of Smallville as a young child. <laughs> yeah, did she? Is there, are they doing the Smallville episode? <laughs> uh, Cole, what do you got for us? Uh, okay, so we started watching Ted Lasso this week, which oh, we haven't seen before. Uh, but everyone said it's been so good, and I guess Jason Sudeikis won a Golden Globe or something. Yeah. So we decided to check it out, and uh, it's great. And we're like halfway through the first season, and so good. We love it. Yeah. It's it, it's hard to describe why it's so good. It's just so like pleasant, but not in like a. It's not saccharine. It, it, it's got like some very sad moments in it. It's. It's like know. endearing, endearing. Yes. Yeah, that's a great word for it. It's it's very like wholesome, and um, I I feel like I I thought the show was something different. Like mm-hmm. when it was described to me, I was like, okay, I get it. He's like a hard ass coach who's like obsessed with football, and it's funny because he's a fish out of water. But that's not it at all. He's no. like extremely wholesome and. Again, we're not finished with the show yet, but there is a small thread that, like, his wife can't handle that he's too positive and, like, too (laughs) great of a guy. And I'm, like, waiting to see where that goes because bizarre. Um, But, yeah, he's – Jason Sudeikis plays him really, really well with, like, a lot of unexpected depth. He's just, like, a wholesome man from Kansas who wants everybody to succeed And um, it's very funny because completely unrelated and accidentally, we have uh, rewatching for me, but for Cole, watching for the first time Friday Night Lights. And so to watch like Coach Eric Taylor alongside Ted Lasso is fascinating. (laughs) They have very different approaches, but ultimately have great intentions. Mm -hmm. Um, Love it. Yeah. So. Uh, I would personally recommend both those shows. Clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. Yeah. <laughs> um, also watched, I watched this movie called After Hours, which I hadn't seen before. Well, I'd watched some of it, but... You fell asleep. I fell asleep, but I watched it because it's on HBO Max. It's a Scorsese picture. It's a Sir Scorsese movie, but it's, like, really unlike anything else he's done. Like, maybe it's comparable to, like, King of Comedy or something, but it's... done in that? Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah, Catherine O'Hara's in it and the dad from Home Alone. Oh, yeah, weird, but they don't have cross Yeah, they don't have any scenes together um but yeah definitely worth checking out it's super super weird it's perfect to watch at like two o'clock in the morning yes and if you've had an edible (laughs) it's funny funny. um i did not know of that movie's existence but i feel like scorsese is one of those directors like spielberg that you you can just discover new movies that you did not know he directed my go-to like if I want to recommend a random movie to someone, I'm like, you should watch Hugo, directed by Martin Scorsese. <laughs> yeah. Because I, like that movie. because I love that movie. A, yeah. it's great. And B, it's like, the fuck? He yeah. directed this? Yeah. yeah. It's like a kid's movie, but it's oh not like stupid. It's <laughs> the, 
the greatest love letter to one of the best like love letters to cinema is is Hugo. Yeah. Uh, um, and then we also watched uh, Gross Point Blank, which I'd never seen with John. Oh, I've been told to watch that for like 20 years. Yeah, you'd, you'd like it, I think. Yeah, uh, it's that's great. Also, like, truly a movie that just dominates needle drops. Yes. There's like a song playing every 30 seconds, wow. and it's an amazing song that you love. Mm-hmm. And it makes sense because one of the characters in the movie is also a DJ. And uh, it takes place in the middle of the 90s, but also it's like 80s flashback weekend. Yeah. So you're doing a lot of good 80s and 90s. It it feels like it's copying Tarantino a bit, but not in like a bad way. Yeah, Yeah, it was a post. It wasn't in a post Pulp Fiction. Like it was like a Pulp Fiction. uh, It's, you know. very pulp fiction in many ways but But like your mom's pulp fiction yeah Yeah. but it's not it it does its own thing it does something for sure that movie when it came out that soundtrack was because you know i was a teenager when that movie came out and that soundtrack was huge like blister in the sun like retook off Mm -hmm. like big time because that was a bit that was a huge song in it that soundtrack was like that was a very popular uh, CD purchase. So yes, I, 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 Rob, I too can reference old uh, mm-hmm. media. Uh, but yeah, Rob, you would love that too. I think you would be totally about that movie. It's it's generally okay. hilarious. And Mini Driver is great in that. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I compare the movie to High Fidelity as well. Another uh, John Cusack. Great. Yeah. yeah. I was gonna say I feel like John Cusack, like his his filmography, is the one that like I need to dive into because I feel like I'd re- it would resonate stop after a certain point. Yeah. I, obviously because although if you're gonna dive into one of his random ones you got to see the one where he's a roman centurion who encounters ancient chinese warrior jackie chan i don't know what it's called and adrian brody's the bad guy what, what? that was called? it's like dragon something i don't know yeah that I, came out kind of recently i think i listened to that on how did this get made yeah, um, it, because they said it was like horrible but oh, I think the only recent Cusack movie that I like love is Hot Tub Time Machine. It's yeah. like it has no reason to be as good as it is. Oh, and it's, yeah, same uh, it's same zombie. people who make Gross Point Blank. Yeah, yeah, That's same. Thing, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, Al, really good John Cusack movie. Recent one you should see is Love and Mercy, where he plays oh. Brian Wilson. Oh, oh, I fucking love that movie. Okay, yeah. okay. Oh, good. I totally forgot about that because I was actually thinking about it the other day. I'm like, man, that movie stuck with me like for like a couple weeks. It was fantastic. Oh, yeah. Two just perfect performances. Uh, also, no, no, that's three. Elizabeth Banks, super underrated. Great in that movie as well. Paul Dano. Paul Dano. Paul Dano. Just oh, okay. So can, do, Paul Dano, can yeah. do whatever the fuck he wants. Literally. Yeah. Yes. Let's see him as a DC villain. Oh, no, wait. He's already going to be a fucking DC villain. Right. The Riddler. He can Love do it. it. He can do it. Oh, I'm cool. I'm, oh, he's going to crush the Riddler. Um. All right. Well, well we're, Brad, we're, I mean, outside of Friday Night Lights, did you have any other things you want to recommend? Oh, yeah, sorry, yeah. Honestly, it was just a Ted Lasso and Friday Night Lights. Yeah, I'm sorry. Like, you guys actually have homework, Bill and Rob. If you have not watched Ted Lasso yet, like it's the second podcast in a row, someone's told me I need to watch Ted Lasso. It's just because, like, wow. that that yeah, was only that 10 was episodes, thirty minutes long. It's the perfect quarantine blanket. It's like a warm hug. It it's is so good. Yeah. It's just it's uh, very sweet. There's a really good Back to the Future reference in that. Oh, it's true. It's, it's well, well, Rob, it's also Bill Lawrence who did Scrubs, made so, Ted Lasso. Saying all the right things. 
That's right. Um, all right. So we're going to do some plugs and then we're going to get out of here. Uh, I'll start real quick. You can find me at Al Manorino on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, Twitter. Twitter you are. I'm a, I don't know why. I've been tweeting randomly. Uh, you, tweet, you had tweet. this massive post where you said, hey, photographers, you know how you're yeah. not shooting anything? Like, post your favorite picture. It's like, and you tagged Pop Break, and, and every day I get like, you have 37 new mentions. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm, I'm capitalizing on I, I like stealing um, the comic book and art communities uh, fun like Twitter like threads that they start and I'm like why is it why is no one doing this in the concert photography and half the people took it upon themselves who are not concert photographers to just post random pictures from concerts and I love it even more <laughs> it's been great um, and then you can uh, follow my Instagram at Al Manorino. I'm posting one photo a day for my archives for 365 days this month. It's all black and white photos. So it's uh, probably mostly concert photos, but um, maybe some photos of my kid too. We'll see. We'll figure it out How nice as we go. Um, Bill, where can people find you? Uh, well, uh, you can find me uh, on Twitter for no apparent reason at Bodkin Writes, where it's just it's just wrestling stuff, guys. It's it's not a lot of great content unless you like wrestling stuff. Um, but most importantly, every single day, check out thepopbreak.com. We are posting about film, music, television, comic books, anime, pro wrestling, digital trends, all sorts of stuff. We are on Twitter at the Pop Break. We are on Instagram at the Pop Break, and we are forward slash popbreak.com, all spelled out on Facebook. Of course, you can check out this podcast uh, wherever you're finding your um, wherever you're listening to us. Thank you. Uh, but on these same platforms, which would include uh, Spotify, Anchor, Google and Apple Podcasts, you can also find uh, uh, Pop Break TV, which is a hub for all our TV podcasts. And then we have a, a newer one we're doing. It's the Breakcast, which is our original uh, podcast feed. But we've now moved that over to Spotify as well. And we have a whole bunch of new shows that are becoming there. Um, so very excited, including one I'm going to be doing, uh, which I've sort of made an announcement, but not really, uh, it's going to be a wrestling based podcast, so it'll be pretty cool. And I'm also a regular guest on Rob's podcast, the Bob culture podcast. He's going to be last talking about all his stuff because he's got 9 million things to plug. So Pat and Cole, where can people find you on the wide world of social media? You first. Um, I'm not particularly active right now online, but there are still some places that you could find me. I would say, uh, the place I'm most active right now is Letterboxd and my handle there is cat with a K underscore wild with an E at the end. Um, it's a really great platform. If people have not utilized it, you can rate movies and write reviews, have conversations, and you can also rate some limited series. I wonder if WandaVision's on there, actually. Yeah, it is. Okay, great. WandaVision's on there. Um, so you could go and uh, look at that. And uh, Cole, you also have a letterbox. Yeah, it's just my name, Cole Rothacker, uh, C-O-L-E-R-O-T-H-A-C-K-E-R. Fantastic. Rot, rot hacker. Yes. Rot hacker. All yes. right, Rob, close us out. Give us all that shameless promo you're so known for. It's my favorite part of the show. It's time for the shameless promo. Everyone check out the Bob Culture Podcast. We are a pop culture podcast, but we do a lot of wrestling. We have interviews with the likes of Here Come the Name Drops, Jim Ross, Ernie Hudson, the Ghostbuster himself, Velvet Sky, Summer Ray, Jake the Snake, Roberts, Tommy Dreamer. The list goes on and on. Check us out on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, now on MobFi TV, on Roku, on Apple TV. Uh, what else we got? We got the Twitch going with BCP Games and, of course, 
I got to talk about writing for the popbreak.com, being a senior editor, interviews with the likes of Miro, formerly Rusev, Dana Brooke from WWE, and who the guy who uh, won lots of matches with a broken freaking neck, Mr. Kurt Angle himself. Guys, thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. And you can always hear me being a cranky son of a bitch on those podcasts. So, guys, this this concludes our penultimate Wanda Distance uh, episode. We will be back for a very special finale. I don't know why I've taken over the hosting duties because I'm <laughs> I, rolling. I, I, I can so, totally jump in. Let me jump in real quick. Oh, oh sorry. Good. No, I, I just wanted to do a little special announcement that we had. Uh, we have uh-huh. a we're going to have a bonus episode of the socially distanced podcast that's going to air uh hopefully before the finale of wandavision um we had a special guest on the podcast a comedian podcaster eddie pence of the ralph report um one of the coolest dudes ever uh bill and i had a great great conversation with him about his career the things that he's doing now but he's also a super nerd like us so we got into uh all things star wars all things marvel so it was it was a fun fun conversation uh we're gonna have that on the feed very soon which you can check out on which you can check out on the popbreak.com uh but yeah we'll see you uh next week for the final episode of wanda distance and uh, we do not have a clever name yet for our falcon and winter soldier review series but stay tuned maybe we'll come up with one guns 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 and that's not it thanks Good. everyone <laughs>